Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Uh, just a couple things from the 8th Morning Center chat line, Jamie. Uh, Robert, our, uh, our friend, says Atlanta is one of the sites uh, that they could play the AFC Championship game from what he understands. Wouldn't surprise me if Jerry's thrown in a bid. Um, this, after a tangled web of a college career involving Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes an off-and-on pro career. Davis Webb got his first pro start and first TD pass. Quite a journey. Yep. Good no question. Uh, Risa writes in, Good morning, guys. After last week's funerals and accidents and my BFF's heavenversary, I'm ready for sports, more sports and laughs. And she came here. That's good. She, she came here, right? <laughs> uh, a couple of people have mentioned Cliff Kingsbury just walking away. Um, yeah, I, I, he's he's not going to just walk away. I mean, he he might he he uh, he might be uh, disenchanted or ready to do something different, or may feel like that this cardinal situation isn't the best for him, but. He's not stupid. I mean, he just find a four-year... He's got four years left on his deal. You know, he's not going to just walk away. Yeah, you would think he would... He'll be a little smarter he would than get that. some get some money to walk away. Yeah, yeah. 6.32 this morning here on the morning drive. Um, this from the 8th Flooring Center chat line. Chuck, did Bree Scott flip off the crowd in Fort Worth? Yes, she did. I did not see it... Um, it happened after when she was uh, she picked up a foul, and um, it was her second intentional foul, and it was really, really not. Um, it was to me, it looked inadvertent. Although I didn't see the replay, the one replay I saw, she basically had stolen the ball, and then she was kind of wiping her hand away, and then there was a defender right behind her, and she got Emily Fisher in the eye. And they called her for a foul and said it was an intentional. And then she got emotional and uh, did something she probably regrets. And so as a result, she uh, she left the game. Um, so we had, you know, did not, that was not the, that was not positive, but the positive was Lady Raiders won the game uh, in Fort Worth winning uh, 78 to 70. Good job by the rest of the club not to let it bother them. Mm, no question. No everybody question. Everybody else kind of step up and pick yep. up the slack. Yeah, and uh, Katie Farrell also uh, fell out of the game. Um, and uh, so it was It was just, it was a, it was an emotional game uh, on, uh, on Saturday. Uh, 78 to 70. You get uh, 16 from uh, Brent Gurley, 20 from Bree, 14 from Bailey Maupin, as Jeff said. The thing that really um, helped you a ton in that ball game is 21 of 24 from the free throw line. Nice. And TCU went uh, 14 of 26 from the free throw line. But, man, we just could not stop Tomi Tawo. Uh, she had uh, 33 points, 7 of 8 from the free throw line, but 8 of 13, Jamie, from beyond the arc. TCU is a team, 10 of 21 uh, from distance. Uh, in the ball game, that's that's what um, that's what kept them in. Uh, Tech pounded the paint, thirty six points to TCU's twenty four to pick up their first conference win of the season. I have never talked to an official more than I talked to Demoya Page on Saturday. Uh, 
Um, one of the one of the the male official Roy Gubion came over and talked to us before the game and said said hello and wished Mark and I happy New Year. Blah blah blah. And I said, hey, if uh, something takes place during the ball game, if you guys could come over and explain it to us, that'd be great. Which is generally what I do. Now we we sat across from the um, the bench and we're across from the corners table and we're actually down in a corner. Uh, and then the TCU guys, they're in the other corner at the other end of the, at the court. So the official had to come over all the way across the court to talk to me. And I think she came over and talked to me five times. And Roy came over and talked to us once because of all the complicated fouling that took place in the ballgame. But I was very appreciative of it. I'm sure that was You know, because it's very, it's very helpful, you know, when, when they're telling you what's, uh, what's going on. So I don't think there will be... Any um, ramifications from that, uh, from the Big 12? There was a little bit of discussion on that, that uh, could she get suspended for that? I, I don't I don't think that'll be the case, but, um, you know, she was uh, remorseful after the game. I mean, she got, you know, she lost her cool, you know, and, uh, and it was an unfortunate. So it's not what you want to see. It's not what you want to do. It's not how you want to handle it. We all know that. But I don't know that I don't know that it's deserving of a one game suspension. Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, that's for Coach Gerlich to decide, I guess. Well, and, and yeah, I mean from the commissioner's standpoint or from the Big Twelve standpoint, I don't think they would, and I don't think the university would I don't think the university would do that. I think the university would say, Hey, let's not do that again. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it, it's been some time since I've seen that. Um Ten years since I've seen a player do that. So, at least on the on the basketball court, and uh, and that was at the end of a game in uh, in Ames. And like I said, I didn't know she had done that until after the game, just because of the angle that I had um, and where I was sitting and what all was taking place. There was a lot going on uh, when that when that happened. Uh, Six thirty-seven this morning here on the morning drive. Um, so let me ask you this: speaking of. Speaking of Fort Worth, how, what do you think Lubbock would look like or will look like? Let's just say, let's just be positive. What do you think Lubbock will look like uh, when the Tech football team plays for a national championship? I think the stadium will be lit up in red and black for days and days leading up to it. And I think there'll be just massive spirit all around town, town bursting at the seams. Seems like you got a point here. Um, yeah, I, I think the city of Lubbock will be pretty dang excited. No, it just it, it, I, my my only point was I was just kind of surprised. Um, and, and you know, obviously Fort Worth's much larger than Lubbock, and because they talked about this in the Dallas Morning News, there was an article in the Fort Worth Star Telegram, Dallas Morning News, about just the passion level. For TCU football, it's, I mean, it's just not. A, it's not Fort Worth is not a college town. Just right. like Austin is not a college town. There's so much, so many other things going on, and they're not everybody in the area is revolves a graduate and yeah. revolves around the school. And I think Austin would be. I think if I think if UT was playing for a national championship, it would be substantially more than what Fort Worth was. But I was just surprised that the stadium wasn't painted in that the lights weren't on and the purple wasn't going. When we walked right because the Schulmeyer Arena is connected to the stadium. And I don't know, just uh, you saw some purple lights around the stadium, around, 
you know, some homes and stuff like that. It just didn't, not that I was expecting any fervor. I really wasn't. It just, um, it was just interesting to me that it, it wasn't, that, you know, it wasn't just house on fire in the neighborhood, so to speak. I get the rest of the town, but I mean, just even, even around, even around there, we, you know, as you drove in and left, you know, campus, there were some houses that had, you know, purple lights and things like that. And there was like one building downtown that had, had some purple going, but it just seemed like it was, uh, I don't know, not, yeah, I, not what I, mean, I would have expected. Again, I mean, if you're comparing it to Norman or Stillwater or Lubbock, I mean, Ames. those yeah. names, those are college towns yeah. and, and more of life there revolves around the university. And it's just, I mean, this, I guess it's just not surprising to yeah. me. And, and we've, we've seen over the years that, I mean, TCU's had quality teams in every sport and there's not that just hardcore passion. Fervor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like in other places. And, yeah. and we see that with their attendance and all the above and, so, I mean, I, I guess this par for the course. Yeah, no, it wasn't necessarily. Surprising. I will say this: they've done it. They did a. They've done a very nice job with their history there at Schulmeyer with all their sports, with football and baseball, basketball, rifle, rifle. They have a number of rifle national championships. Jamie, the rifle team. <laughs> I saw Davy O'Brien's uh, Heisman Trophy. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, it didn't look like they had room for another national championship. I saw where they have their ones from uh, 35 and 38 and how they have those positioned. Didn't really look like they had room for a third one. But I'm sure they'll find room if they get one tonight. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Somebody will make sports history tonight. Georgia or TCU will have the broadcast at 530 on uh, Double T 97.3 as uh, they play for a national championship from SoFi. Here is Jeff McGuire with things that have happened on this day in sports history. 1952 is where we will start. The Marines give notice that they will recall Ted Williams to active duty. Mm. 1958. In basketball, Oscar Robertson of Cincinnati scores 56 points in a game versus Seton Hall, where they scored 54. Wow. Sweet. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Goodness. 1962, the NFL prohibits grabbing of the face mask. That's a good rule. That one will stick around, I bet. It's got some legs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 1988 U.S. Male Figure Skating Championship is won by Brian Boitano. Mm -hmm. And if anybody out there is a fan of South Park, you know why I'm trying not to laugh. Okay. You're not a fan of South Park. I've never so you seen. Don't know. I've never seen it's an episode. Fine. But those who know are also trying not to laugh. Mm -hmm. 1989, Johnny Bench and Carl Yaskrimski elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. In 1990, Jim Palmer and Joe Morgan were elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. 1991, Chicago's Michael Jordan scores a game-high 40 points to lead the Bulls to a 107-99 win over Philadelphia at the Spectrum. In that 40-point set, he reaches 15,000 points for his career. Nice. 
And in the year 2000, Miami Dolphins quarterback Dan Marino wins his last career NFL game, 20-17 to versus Seattle. He was on the sidelines yesterday for their, for their game. He's working with the Dolphins again. It is National Apricot Day. I'm out. No, thank you. Uh, Going to rewind time just a little bit and go to yesterday for birthdays first, because yesterday Corey Taylor turned 30. Today, Kate Middleton is 41. Jimmy Page, 79. J.K. Simmons, 68. Dave Matthews, 56. Muggsy Bugs, 58. Otis Nixon, 64. And Chad Johnson is 45. And on this day in 1861, a Union merchant ship, the Star of the West, is fired upon as it del- tries to deliver supplies to Fort Sumter in Charleston Harbor, South Carolina. The incident is the first time shots were exchanged between the North and the South in the U.S. Civil War, although it did not trigger the Civil War. The two cannons' shots roared from South Carolina Battery by- on Morris Island. They came from gunner George E. Hainsworth, a cadet at the Citadel in Charleston. The shots represented the opening salvo of the war. More shots were fired, and the ship suffered a minor hit. Anderson watched, uh, the commander of the base, Anderson watched from Fort Sumner, but did not respond in support of the ship. If he had, the war might have started on that day. Hmm. However, we would have until April before the official kickoff of the U.S. Civil War. And that is this day in sports The kickoff of the Civil War. <laughs> sounds like we're... <clears throat> waiting on them to uh, remove the tarp or something. Uh, 6.49 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Speaking of the Baseball Hall of Fame, which Jeff talked about a, a number of them announced on this day, uh, the one for this year will be announced on uh, January the 24th. Okay? Okay. Uh, so here's just a cup. Carlos Beltran, is he a, is he a Hall of Famer? I wonder how his oh man because of the the cheating scandal mm-hmm. I wonder how he'll be affected by that I'm gonna I think he's a Hall of Fame player yes but is he a first ballot I, I no, no he won't be a first ballot because of the scandal after his career here's the guys that are debuting on the ballot this year Brunson I'm just gonna read the names you just tell me yes no Brunson Arroyo no no Matt Cain no R.A. Dickey. No. Jacob Ellsbury. Jacoby uh, Ellsbury. Jacoby Ellsbury, he's yes. He's trying to make a comeback. Okay, well, he's on the Hall of Fame ballot. <laughs> yeah, no. no. Andre Ether. No. J.J. Hardy. No. John Lackey. Maybe. I could see Lackey making Maybe. it. Yeah. Not this ballot. Maybe. Uh, Mike Na- Napoli. Napoli. Yeah. No. No. Uh, Johnny Peralta. No. Mm-mm. Francisco Rodriguez. Negative. Hudson Street. Houston Street. Houston. Uh, Jared Weaver and Jason Worth. Those are the new new newbies to the ballot. Yeah, I don't think I'm a big fat offer except for Carlos Beltran. Okay, I figured that. And then the guys that are that here's the top vote getters from like last year. Scott Rowland got sixty three percent. Is he a Hall of Famer? Thinking he's really close. Uh, I, I he the sixty-three really tells me he's going to make it, mm-hmm. but I don't know that I would have picked him to be a Hall of Famer. Okay, Todd. I think Helton. I would have. Todd, Todd Helton, I would have. Billy Wagner. Yep. Yep. Both those guys are like Helton's at fifty-two, Wagner fifty-one, um, and then uh, yes, on Bonds and Clements. 
Well, they're, they're not, not on the ballot. They're not on the ballot. <laughs> Just put them in anyway. Okay. How about, so stupid. How about A-Rod? He's at 34%. And got busted twice. How about Andrew Jones? How about Gary Sheffield? Yes, Andrew Jones. I don't know about Sheffield. How about Jeff Kent? I probably would put him in. Yeah. Okay. Um, Manny Ramirez? Yes. Although he got busted a bunch. Yeah. He's yeah. in. He's, he's got, not getting in. He he's had not, 28, 28%. Yeah. He's not um, getting in. God, what a, what a joke this is. So there you go. That's that's the the rest are. I mean, Andy, yeah, Andy I Pettit's can, not getting in. I I can see Manny not getting in because he actually tested positive at some point mm-hmm. and was suspended. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like Rafi, All right? And so, mm-hmm. like if you if you test positive after they said okay, it's a lot, it's outlawed now, and and he got suspended, then I I think that hurts him. But Manny's numbers are definitely deserving. Yeah. I, I, it's just so it's so silly how we pick and choose yeah you know right. who we who we want to punish for steroids right no i'm with you it's I'm, just I'm so silly uh this from the eight Swing center chat line uh prediction for tonight's game tcu 34 dogs 24 go frogs go big 12 over sec uh we get this from a uh frequent uh, contributor to the morning drive off the eight Swing center chat line congrats to your bills jl Thanks. 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 Uh, Robert says uh, Georgia 35, TCU 12. Have you determined who you're rooting for tonight? Yes. Georgia? Georgia. Okay. You got Georgia on your mind tonight? Do you? (laughs) No. (laughs) Is this uh, appointment uh, television radio for you tonight? Get the popcorn out and... Uh, yeah, as soon as I get done doing what I need to get done, um, I don't, we'll see how the game goes as to whether I make it to the end or not. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if it's a close game, I mm-hmm. probably will stay up for it. But if not, if it's a blowout and I'm not going to sit around, I don't care to watch confetti fall or see who's named the MVP or, I mean, have them do the speeches in the post game afterwards right. and all no, that. You're not, that's, that's not true. Yeah, I don't need that. But if it's a close game, I'll definitely be in. If no. if that were the Bills or the Yankees, would would you wait for the confetti to fall? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, just make it. I mean, just setting this, just setting the benchmark. Okay, just setting, just setting the benchmark. Uh, Jeff, I don't have to ask you if you're rooting for Georgia tonight, do you? Do I? Go dogs. Go dogs. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just in general, go dogs. But yeah, definitely tonight, go dogs. Yeah. Yeah. We're no. talking of the four-legged creature type as opposed to Georgia, but tonight we include Georgia. I, uh, When I was in Fort Worth on Saturday night, um, this would come as no surprise to you. I uh, I took a picture of their of their little plaques where they have room for the uh, national championships, and it's all very symmetrical. So they would have to take down the 35 and the 38 and move them over a little bit to get in the 2023. So it looks all all very neat and tidy right now. So I think I think they're just fine the way they are. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I just uh, I don't know. Just maybe it was me. Maybe I just had higher expectations of what it was, what it should look like around there. But it just seemed like even even for TCU, it sure felt like it should have been a little bit more than what 
than what I saw. But that's just me. I'm uh, My expectations are always high, and I'm often disappointed. But I did get to see Davey O'Brien's Heisman Trophy. That's cool. And that was cool. I'd never seen one of those before. And more importantly, the women's team lose to the Lady Raiders. Most importantly, yes, TCU women losing to the Lady Raiders. Absolutely. Let's not forget why we're there, right? Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Sure that uh, TCU fans have Georgia on their mind today. And Georgia's probably got themselves on their mind today as uh, they'll uh, take on the... uh, Horn Frogs tonight from SoFi there in Los Angeles, uh, 5.30, the broadcast time here on Double T 97.73. Um, there, there was still some criticism uh, by those in and around the Los Angeles area of the lack of uh, tailgating opportunities for folks uh, before the ball game tonight. I would really, I would be Billy Bitter about that if... Uh, there was no tailgating, and uh, the Red Raiders were involved in something before a ball game. I mean, I'd be thrilled as heck that you're playing for a national championship. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I'd be, I'd be really, I'd probably get, I'd probably. It's, it's not like you, Chuck, to manufacture some outrage. Right, right, right. It's not like you. <laughs> right. I would have some, I would have some outrage. Um Man, there's a, there's a lot of people that feel really really good about uh, next year for this Red Raider football team, um, just with everything that's coming back, and there's a lot of a lot of hope springing eternal, uh, Jamie, for coming off this eight win team and what you have coming back, and I'm hearing that uh, should get a schedule maybe in the next couple of weeks, okay, because um, still don't have one yet. Uh, we get a, we got a kicker yesterday, Jamie. So that's good. You need one. Yeah, oh. <laughs> always got to have a good one. Got to have one to kick those extra points. Uh, Gabe Showalter, who was a second team NJC AA All American kicker at Mississippi Gulf Coast, will be heading to Red Raider land. So that's good. Okay, it's great. Great news. Yep. And he's a right footed kicker. The left-footed kickers, man, it always just seems, it always just, I don't know, it seemed to go, it seemed to be wonky all over the place. It just seems to upset the apple cart because you have to have your holder on the other side and it just it just seems like it just, everybody's got to adjust to him. So I'm glad that we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, that Morton Anderson guy was terrible. Well, he was pretty, he, he was one that was good, okay? But when he needed to hit a kick, he missed it. Okay. <laughs> but he was good. You're right. He was good. Um, okay. Let me uh, let me ask you this. Let's see. Um, how do you feel about as of right now, Fardos Amac? Is do, do you think he's going to play for this team this year? I think I'm leaning towards thinking no. Yeah, that's where I am. That that that's where I am because. Coach Adams said he could be a couple of weeks away, even the other day. And so, I mean, you start you start looking at start looking at this and going, well, we're, you know, you're you're zero and three, but you're now you got fifteen games left plus the Big Twelve plus any postseason play. Um, 
which you know as of right now i mean you've you've got obviously a lot of work to do because you're not going to get any help from your from your conference schedule uh tomorrow you play at uh iowa state and um the cyclones got a big win in fort worth on saturday afternoon uh they held off tcu 69 67 i mean they were leading this game uh for quite some time looked like they had it in hand and then uh defensively tcu tightened up and um i don't think they allowed a field goal for like something like four something minutes and then you got a step back three and uh tcu and uh, iowa state won the ball game yeah as long as iowa state can keep the tempo slow or could could have kept the tempo slow they were fine against tcu but once the horn frogs were able to kick it in overdrive and they got themselves back into the game iowa state's impressive um, they're boring as all get out to watch, but they're impressive the way they play defense and and just the way they are very methodical at the offensive end of the floor. Just not about athleticism and all that. Mm-hmm. They kind of execute and you know take the air out of the ball and and so it's not the most fun style to watch, but it's impressive what they do and uh, it's working well for them off to a a three and zero start. Um, and again, got a huge shot at the end of the game, like you mentioned, on a step back. That was a tough, tough shot to to, to win it. They had forty four points in the paint. Yeah, forty four points in the paint. Meanwhile, TCU went seven of fifteen. They didn't shoot free throws very good. They were sixteen of twenty eight. And uh, Iowa State only got to the free throw line nine times. They were three of nine. So they almost really botched it there by not kick, hitting very many. Uh, very many free throws. So somebody says this, is it a defensive issue or toughness issue? Uh, hard to be a dog when you're living a life of luxury. I guess that's a fair, <laughs> that's a fair comment, mm-hmm. right? Given the NIL stuff and all those kinds of things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's an interesting take. I hadn't really thought about that, but that's interesting. I think it's a defensive issue. I don't, I don't think it's a toughness issue. I think the way they battle, you know, and kept fighting in that game shows that they're mentally tough. I, I just think, I, I don't know. I, I Maybe you're, the guards that you've brought in aren't as defensive-minded as what we've we've seen in the past. Do you think um, people are leaving the, jumping off the ship or panicking? Sure seems like they're, I mean. Well, and, um, I mean, besides, it, it's, I mean, besides the defensive issues, and then you go through that game, and I mean, you're two for 18 from three-point range. That was ugly as well. Um, you know, two games in a row, I feel like you've had a chance at the end, and um, whether it be the play that was called or the execution of the play just hasn't looked great, you know, finishing games. That's, I was going to ask you about the last play of reg- regulation. That's where... a little bit disappointing as well. It's, a, I mean, those – there are reason that there are certain coaches in this in this conference or in, in college basketball that are known for great out of bounds players or great plays at the end and all that. They do a great job of it. It's not the easy, not an easy thing to do, um, you know. And some of those guys are also blessed with just great players that make plays, you know. Just like the Iowa State game, nobody's criticizing T.J. Otzenberger for his play call because mm-hmm. his guy hit a great shot, you know. So. You got to have somebody on tech to, to hit a shot. To you know, how did you feel about the last play in regulation against um, Oklahoma on Saturday? 
I don't even remember what it was. Well, Tyson takes a three. Would you rather, you know, try to pound it inside and either make the shot or be fouled? That would have made a whole lot more sense, I guess, but maybe they weren't allowing it. I can't even re- I can't even go back to and remember the shot. Yeah. Uh, this, watching AMAC, he appeared to be walking with a slight limp Saturday night. Okay. Uh, I just think a lot of people are putting a lot of hope into him being yes. the savior here, and I just I, I don't know if we'll ever see him in a tech uniform. Okay. Uh, Fardos doesn't play. Does he come back or move on? I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think a lot, awful lot of chips are being put on him coming back, and I think he got other problems in addition to that. Yeah, but, I mean, with Bacho and um, with Pop Isaacs, it's hard to imagine you losing that game the other day. Uh, this from a brand-new listener. We'd like to welcome you to the morning drive. <clears throat> that left-footed kicker thing might have been the worst take ever. <laughs> I mean, because... Yeah, because we've, we've, we've had plenty of worse takes I've than had, that. You know, yeah, way, 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 way worse, worse takes than... That's what we stick around. We'll, we'll, yeah, stick, uh, stick around, yeah. We'll, I bet we can outdo it. <laughs> Probably by the end of the hour. <laughs> I am certain that we can... This, I saw five guys in the court that didn't want the ball in their hands at the end of regulation and of OT. Yep. No dude on this team that's that's healthy. Dot, right. dot, dot, that's yep. healthy. Pop is the dude. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't know, maybe that's not completely fair because Davion Warren, if, or excuse me, Harmon, seems like he's a guy that that wants the ball in his hands i just again in the half court setting i don't i don't know that he's going to be great in that you know in that, in those situations because i i thought he was the guy that really gave you life on mm-hmm. saturday he was able to get going again most of it and you know and pushing the tempo and and transition but you just without Pop Isaacs, you just don't have that. I really, I, I mean, you need Kevin O'Banner to be a dude, and I mean he's still doing good things for you. Don't get me wrong; he scored fifteen. It wasn't like he was a no show, but I don't know. It just doesn't feel like he's been a dude enough. Red Raider Two Gun says just not a good team, not overrated, just misjudged. And Bullfighter uh, offered this to our new listener: "You're in for a treat with this show." I think that's sarcasm. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right, I'm going to go to the NFL for this one. Oh, nice. That should excite you. It does. I want you to pick a surprise team from the AFC and the NFC that you think has a chance to get to the Super Bowl, a surprise team. Surprise team. Okay, let me uh, let me get to the let me get to this schedule uh, and look at uh, how this is gonna how this is gonna come down. Because Jeff Einstein, my network has gone. Co- because in, in a way, for me, and you're gonna go. Well, this is not fair to say uh, because they're the two seed. But in a way, I think San Francisco, because I feel like everybody's just been talking about um, Philadelphia or the Vikings or even the Cowboys. Okay? So Mm -hmm. even though they're the two seed, um, the fact that they're on their third quarterback, I think a surprise team to get to the Super Bowl, per se, would be the San Francisco 49ers. 
for me. Okay? Okay. Um, in the AFC, the obvious choice is Jacksonville, but they're a great story because firing Urban Meyer last year, Doug Peterson coming in, getting him to uh, win a division and host a playoff game is just absolutely huge. Um, the obvious surprise teams would be Baltimore or Miami, but maybe for me at this point in time, I, I'm going to say the Chargers just because I don't think anybody's talking about them. They were talking about firing their coach and you know, even though they made the playoffs and have a 10-win season. So I'm going to say the two California teams, Chargers and the 49ers. Jeff? I want to say Tampa Bay, but it feels like saying Tom Brady is going to surprise anybody is ridiculous. Yeah, no, I get that. It's kind of like my San Francisco pick. but Yeah, but they're 8-9. and nine. Yeah. Right. But again, if they did damage, that would be a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Picking Tom Brady in the playoff, those feels ridiculous. Um, so I'm going to say Seattle with the way they kind of stormed mm-hmm. back the way of the yep. end of the season for the NFC. Uh, for the AFC, I have to pick a surprise. I don't think there's going to be one. I think the AFC is going to be chalk all the way through. Um, but for sake of argument, I will give it to the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, I have a harder time picking... Um a surprise team on the NFC side of things. I totally agree with what Chuck said about the 49ers feeling like they have a shot and it feels like they've kind of, I don't know, just kind of flown under the radar a little yeah. bit. I mm-hmm. guess around these parts we talked so much about, is it going to be the Eagles or going to be the Cowboys, the number one seed? We had the, um, the Vikings too were really, really good for a long time. Yeah, and the <laughs> the Vikings I feel are a paper giant. I, I feel like the Giants have a good shot um, to beat the Vikings in, in the first round. So, I, man, I, I have a hard time, so so maybe I stick with Chuck and go with the 49ers, and I think I'm going with the same team we picked on the AFC side of things. Um, the Chargers have to go on the road because they're not a division winner, and the Jaguars are. Uh, I think that's a that's a game I totally favor the Chargers to win, and and then they're going to have to match up with, with Mahomes and the, and the Chiefs, but just feels like those Chargers and Chiefs games have been pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so... I mean, if they're winning that that game, that's that's a shocker. And so, to me, I'm I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go with the Chargers as a team that has a chance to really surprise some 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 somebody here in the postseason. Yeah, seven thirty five this morning here on the morning drive. But yeah, I mean, I could you could kind of see. Um, Feels I mean, like the Chargers lost a lot of close games yeah. too. That they're they're better than that ten and seven record shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think I think I would agree with that. I would be. I would be completely shocked if Miami went into Buffalo and won. Completely shocked. I mean, that would be like stunning. Stunning. Okay, well, I mean, the Dolphins were there, what, three weeks ago? And, I mean, we're up 10 in the fourth quarter. I know, but... If two is playing, I think they have a shot. It would shock me if two didn't play mm-hmm. and they beat the Bills in Buffalo. Yeah. But if two plays... I mean, they beat the Bills the first time. Yeah. And again, had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter in the second game. I don't know, but it's at Buffalo. And... The, se- the other game was at Buffalo. No, I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, I feel like Baltimore, I feel like uh, their quarterback is, uh, I feel like the, the Ravens are the AFC's Dallas Cowboys. I feel like Lamar Jackson is like 
Dak is not as well because Lamar Jackson is one of them. He's one an MVP, right? Yeah, and he's won playoff games. He's won playoff games. Yeah. I feel like he's a little bit better than Dak, but I also feel like he's kind of he's kind of like Dak, great but not great enough, or good but not good enough. Yeah, I mean it's it's a he does have that one MVP trophy that kind of shows you he's been great before. And he bet on himself, and he's he's probably not going to get the money that he thought he was going to get. I don't know what's going on there. I'd hate to be the Bengals, or excuse me, the Ravens. I, I'm not, never have been. I mean, I love the athlete that is Lamar Jackson. I don't love the quarterback that is Lamar Jackson. He's fun to watch, all the above. I, I just wouldn't put all my eggs into that basket if I was a franchise. Mm-hmm. And you're at a point where you have to. Yeah. You have to. I mean, you're going to get criticized so much if you don't. I, I I don't know. I I don't know that he's leading a team to a championship, but I don't know. He's, he's I still consider him a really good quarterback. Uh, the San Francisco is not a surprise team. I think they are the most popular pick. I'm just I I yeah, I, and I think that's fair. I think that's yes. fair. It, I mean, they're not. They're not. I mean, again, that's my pick on the NFC side of things. But it just feels like they've kind of flown under the radar a little. That's bit. how I feel. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it was all Eagles, 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 and now I don't feel that way about the Eagles again, and that at all right now. Yeah, uh, this Buffalo will definitely be the sentimental favorite in the playoffs, and would make a great story if they won it. Uh, do you know what they've? If you want it, do you know what they've been through during the last week? Well, sure. I, I mean, I mean, if you're just talking about the football side of it, there, I just I think they have too many injuries in the secondary. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're so incredibly banged up in the secondary. Um, losing Tamar Hamlin was was, was big. One of them. I mean, yeah. he was mm-hmm. the backup um, to a, a safety that they lost early on in the season with a neck injury. Um, so, I mean, you're picking up guys off the Jets practice squad and making them active for this past weekend's game doesn't speak well for what you got going on in the secondary. I yeah. mean, they have, in my opinion, no chance against the Bengals or the Chiefs because of that. Yeah. Somebody says, I don't know how you can compare Dak to Lamar Jackson. My, my, my point really is more about, you know, how much you're expecting from him and how much you're paying him and – I say a lot of pressure on those guys to to put up or shut up kind of a deal. Yeah, the difference is Dak already got his outrageous deal. Lamar's Mm. just about to get his. Yeah, and he he passed on his really. Um, He felt like it wasn't uh, wasn't enough, and uh, he may he may end up regretting that. Uh, Somebody says this half of the playoff games are between division rivals. There could be some exciting games. Yep, sure could. Miami at Buffalo on Sunday. New York at uh, Minnesota, that's not a division rival, but then um, you also have uh, uh, Seattle and San Francisco playing, and and it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Take out the Cowboys side of it, just because we're all you know interested in the Cowboys. Which mm-hmm. which game do you think has the potential to be the most fun to watch? There's something about Miami and Buffalo that just intrigues me. Obviously, aside from everything else. I think it's the Giants and Vikings. Giants and Vikings? Yeah. Uh, the other game I was going to say is uh, Seattle and San Francisco. Um, I'm, I feel like the Niners are going to coast in that one. Coast? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this, I would trade Dak for Derek Carr straight up. Mm. 
Would, the, would you have a willing trader in the in the Vegas Raiders? Would they would they want to take on Dax money? That'd be the question. question. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Uh, tomorrow, we've got a full schedule. We have uh, Friendship Girls Basketball. They take on Midland High. And then the uh, Lubbock Cooper Girls and Boys will play at Abilene High School. And then uh, the Red Raiders will be in Ames to take on Iowa State. That makes me nervous tomorrow. Makes me nervous. And then Saturday you're at Texas. And that makes you even even more nervous. Man, you start you start kind of looking at this, Jamie, and you go, okay, you're 0-3 right now after the loss to TCU and then the loss to Kansas last Tuesday and lost to Oklahoma on Saturday. You have Iowa State tomorrow, then Texas, then Baylor. Uh, that'll be at home on Tuesday the 17th. You play away on uh, Saturday the 21st at K-State. Man, it, I mean, the next four games are really, really challenging. I mean, that, and, and K-State, I mean, they look to be the real deal now, don't they, after their win at Baylor plus the win at Texas. Definitely on the offensive end. It looks like they've got some issues with their defense. But offensively. I mean, they're giving up big numbers too, but offensively they look really impressive. Yeah, so I mean, I mean at, at this point, I mean, like I said, they're uh, they're a ranked basketball team, and uh, deservedly so. Deservedly so, no no question. And uh, Jerome Tang has got his team off to a fourteen and one start, so uh, it's very impressive. They'll play host to Oklahoma State uh, tomorrow night. And then uh, Oklahoma travels to take on Kansas with Texas Tech traveling to number 25, Iowa State, in the, uh, in the latest poll. So we talked about this a little bit on Friday. Are you, uh, have you hit the panic button? Um, panic button for what? Not making the NCAA tournament? Well, there's... Man, we got we got a lot of buttons. Uh, just panic button in general. Concerned about the season and where you're headed, the way you're playing. Then, then, then the second button would be yeah for the tournament. Yes to both. Yes to both. Okay. Yes to both. Just, I mean, I don't think you're a terrible basketball team, but I just look around the rest of the conference and I just feel like there's a lot of good teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no. There's definitely no night off. So, what would be what would turn your what would turn your attitude around a little bit um, over the next before you get to um, win one of them this week? Win one of help. them this week, okay. Okay. Uh, you play at Hilton tomorrow, and then you play at uh, Texas on Saturday. It just won't it won't have the same mustard. But I mean, it'll still be—it's still Texas, and they're still a uh, a very good basketball team. But they don't have Chris Beard anymore. Uh, but that doesn't—that doesn't change the five on the floor for them. Um, and they're still ranked sixth in the country. I mean, they're still pretty salty, very salty. Oh yeah, absolutely, they are. Um, yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, somebody says this. So when do we get Amac back? Um, I, I I'm just here to tell you. 
I will be shocked. You gotta if he, have him first. Yeah, I'll be shocked before if he you can plays get him back. This, I'll be shocked if he plays this year. And I think this week could be a big week for that. I think if you go zero and two this week, he says, or they say, uh, we're going to shut him down for the rest of the year and bring him back next season. Now here's the here's the financial side of that, or the question that I have, and you you hear all these different numbers about what he's um, what he's getting, okay? And so let, let's let's just say let's just Are you say hearing that, a bunch of different ones. Well, I'm hearing one. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm, hear, hear, I'm hearing one. Too. I'm hearing one. But let's let's just say that that number is fifty percent wrong, okay? Because it's still a big number, two hundred grand. So let's say the four hundred grand is correct, okay? Well, let's just say for discounting sake that it's 50% wrong and it's and it's really 200 grand still a tremendous amount of money uh when you consider that a year ago they weren't paid anything or two years ago they weren't paid anything uh beyond what their scholarship and all that kind of stuff the question i would have is the people that are investing in this are they are they signing up for another year given that you got nothing for this year and how much does that play into... Oh, you would guess it's going to factor into whether he decides to stay here or go somewhere else. Right. Or whether he decides um, to um, come back and go ahead and play this year. And and uh, and then does he go, go off and play somewhere else next year? Uh, and I think that is that, and that's the future of kind of... It's, it, there's, this conversation is not just exclusive to Lubbock. It's... it's it's going on across the country, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of, especially if, especially if you're paying quote paying for a guy that you think is going to be really productive for you, and then it's not right, and then it's like, well, you know, you didn't average what we thought you were going to average, so this next year your your deal is X. Wow, I don't really like that. Well, then I guess you'll hit the transfer portal and see where see what you can get. And then somebody at school XYZ is going to go, well, you know, you didn't have the best year at Texas Tech or wherever you were last year, so here's kind of where you are right now. Sounds fun, Chuck. Yeah. Sounds fun. I I absolutely think if um, there was some conversation that went along the lines of, well, you didn't, you didn't perform or you didn't play, we're not giving you – that much money this next year or whatever, mm-hmm. I 100% think that would factor into whether or not he's a Red Raider next year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, somebody says this, wondering where the next win is. Where is the next win, Jamie? Is it West Virginia? Uh, let's remember Baylor's also in three. Okay. going to get them at home. Okay. So is it, uh, is it Baylor on the yeah, week I mean, I think Jesus? it could be. Yeah. 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 Because uh, you probably won't be favored in that game, but still, they're probably looking to get it turned around. I would imagine. I would imagine that they are. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then I would have, if K State keeps winning, I would have. I would imagine that uh, Bramlage Coliseum is going to be a really difficult place to play on January the twenty first at one o'clock. And, and then the other thing too, I, I just wonder is. How much different do we feel about this basketball team if they call that foul that they should have called on on Kansas and Popeyes or or Bacho, either one, let's just say Bacho. Bacho goes to the free throw line because that's one that's the most obvious. 
and he hits him, and you win that game. And then you execute a better play at the end of the Oklahoma game, and you're two and one. Or is that is it fool's gold at that point in time? You still have the same problems. That's why I'm not completely out on this team. I, I mean, it's those are two big ifs you just threw out there. I know. Okay. I know. Yeah. What if instead of being zero and three, you're two and one? Mm-hmm. That's a big difference, right? I know yeah. it's just two plays. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that's why I'm not completely feeling like this team has no chance. I mean, again, you you played a good team on the road in Fort Worth and had a double-digit lead in the second half. Could have won that game. Played a really good Kansas team at home, and we're one play away from winning that one, even though it felt like Kansas was in control that game in the second mm-hmm. half. Same thing here against Oklahoma. I don't think Oklahoma's a great basketball team by any stretch. But it did feel like they were in control. And you were missing, I mean, key, key members. You know, your best offensive player, probably your best defensive player, rebounder, and then also um, your your energy guy, maybe your best guy off the bench. You know, so, I mean, there's a lot of guys that were what could have helped you in a big way that didn't play in that game on Saturday. So that's why I'm not completely out on this team as far as panicking and feeling like they have no chance. Uh, Because I think when you're at 100%, even without the big man, then uh, I think you have a chance to compete with even the better teams in the Big 12 Conference. And and it sounds like, unfortunately, like you're not going to have Bacho or uh, Pop Isaacs uh, tomorrow night in Ames, which makes it very difficult. Uh, this Tech basketball is so close, like this last game, one shot at the end of regulation, and we fans would have a totally different attitude. Let's stay positive. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.